Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Big opinions, the panel. Ten twenty-two on a Friday. Time for the panel. Boy, look out! Look at this panel. One's an Englishman crying over the spilt milk of the first down the ashes. James Regan from TV Three. Morning, James. Good morning. Yeah, I think that's probably the only way. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Dragging his feet. And the one man, uh, the next bloke I haven't spoken to in ages. He's a, he's a good mate. He is a rugby league tragic, and he knows his footy back to front. Uh, now works in, I think it's content creation with his own company called Acker Merck. Would that be right, Sam Ackerman? Well, good to see speak to you too, Stephen. But I will uh, say that it's uh, my wife's company because uh, she's she's the boss, and you know uh, both of us, and you know damn well I'm right. Uh, no, I know that you are whipped. It's as simple as that. So. Oh. <laughs> oh, what would be an upgrade, Stephen? I'll take that. <laughs> well, okay, let's lads. Let's start with a bit of footy, shall we? Uh, and you know, we're into pre-season in the NRL. The boys are going to all get a break, surely. But you know, you you look on social media and you get that classic old one. It's going to be our year, Warriors year next year. Sammy, what do you think? I mean, have they recruited well enough? And do do they look like they're either going to challenge or be once again middle of the table? Uh, I want to be proven wrong, but I feel it's middle of the table. I don't look at that squad and go, this is the one. Mm. Finally, we've, we've got a team to put there. For me personally, you can't, um, with the greatest respect to um, some of Reese Walsh, who I, I love to watch, uh, you can't take Roger Tuivasa-Sheck out of a team and convince me they're going to go better the next year. I, I, I don't have, have that level of, of faith in the rest of the squad without the, one of the best players ever laced up a boot for the Warriors. And uh, I, I'm okay with the squad. I think it's good. I think they can challenge. I think they can uh, make some um, some inroads uh, as opposed to what they produced this year, but I don't look at the squad and think it's the one that's going to, uh, to rewrite history. We might break down that a little bit, but first of all, James, your initial impression of that question about what what do you expect from them next year? Yeah, I, I'd go about the same. I think they'll make a better push for the eight than they did this year, certainly toward the back end, if everyone stays fit, of course. But yeah, what Sam said about Reese, I think another season this season will do him really well, but taking Roger out, it just, yeah, it doesn't give you a lot of hope that they're going to have that X factor. Yeah, yeah. Line. That's interesting. I know you. I know you're talking X factor and leadership, but you know, and I'm not going to put the mocker on. But Johnson is back. He's somewhat of a talisman. But for me, uh, they still lack direction, and I'm not sure. And I'm not being unkind to Sean because we he's no. We know he's a talent, uh, Sam, but never really led a team around with direction. Always been a you know loose ball. Let him go. Just let him run. Let him do his thing. Yeah, and who did they put 
with them in the halves is massive, Stephen. Uh, when they decide how they're going to go, if Ash, Ash Taylor gets his way in, that's fine. I've um, huge wraps on um, trail house speed. I, I really, really like those uh, the options and the uh, they have there. But who they put with him and giving him um, a bit of consistency, of course, it's Cody Nicarima. Uh, there's lots of talent there, but they I, I think that there's a danger that there's too much even level of depth that we'll see a lot of chopping and changing, and that won't help Sean Johnson um, for what he wants to do or what he needs to do. I, I think he's going to be a, a very different Sean Johnson than the Warriors Sean Johnson we've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. I think the Sharks' experience will, uh, I don't say grounded him, but he went to a team where it wasn't all about him. And I don't, you know, it, I think that the fans, the media, the coaching staff, uh, other players all played a role. And um, when Sean Johnson was at the team, that the team was about Sean Johnson, it, it, it was. He, everything revolved around him. He was um, the reason they won and the reason they lost in the, in the eyes of so many. I don't think that'll be the same level this time around. I don't think Sean will be trying to do everything himself like he found himself doing uh, too often. Uh, I think Sean's matured enough. And what I noticed is that the Sharks, he didn't touch the ball in the zone 20 as much as he used to do with the Warriors. He didn't try to make everything happen from every given moment. Um, and that's a sign of a, of a maturing and a better halfback because you, you, you pick and choose your moments to come in and try to take the game by the scruff of the neck. Because if you try to do it all the time, then uh, it's a law of diminishing returns. So I, 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 I'm excited for what um, what she can bring to the team. It's really about how he's um, how he's given that support because, like you say, he's not he's not your um, run of the mill by run of the mill. I mean, yeah, I know what you're saying. Typical yeah. um, marshaller of, of of bodies. He is a game breaker, but you need somebody who's going to give him the right compliment. Yeah, someone's got to recognise that. For me, James, I'd be putting Ash Taylor in with him. I'm not a, I'm not a Cody Renekarima fan. He is a 14 for me. Chanel Harris Tavita. I'm hearing potentially, potentially. I'm only hearing this. There could be it could be just scurrilous gossip. A potential nine. Yeah, I think regardless of what they do, they have to stick with it and they have to decide early on yep. what cost them. And obviously frustrated Nathan Brown last year because they chop changed a lot. A part of that was due to injury, but whatever they do, whether it's Ash Taylor or Chanel or wherever, they have to stick with it and they have to give it a good few games at the start of the season. Otherwise, they're just going to end up in the same place they were last season and they couldn't get a grip on the game. One thing I'll say about Sean is he's probably the right kind of player they need, given Rogers gone. He's obviously got the respect among the playing group and he's going to be a different player to obviously we saw the last time he was at the club and I think he said that he's looking to take home a bit more of a, a bit more of an onus in that spine which is great but whoever you pair with him you've got a second. I think Chanel is probably another year or so away from being that, that standout kind of half that we want him to be whether he plays at hooker or not. I don't know Stephen maybe you know more than no, me. But. No I don't. I don't know anything mate. All I, all, all I know all, all, all I'll vouch for that. I'll vouch for that. Wow, wow. Shots, shots, <laughs> shots fired. Okay, a short segment here, like 90 seconds. Uh, I'll go to James first, the polite Englishman. Uh, Sonny Bill Williams, five to ten fights in the next two years. What do you think? Yes or no? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't doubt him. I think there's one thing if you can say about Sonny Bill, if he puts his mind to it and he, and he really wants to go out there, he could do it. Uh, what kind of fights or what calibre of fights they are, I don't know. But if he's going to get in the ring, we've seen him training with Joseph Parker and David Nietzsche a bit on social media this week, and he mm-hmm. looks he looks pretty good, regardless of what you think, you know, about his about his options. He looks in really good shape. So I think if he's going to give it a crack, he could probably get another couple of fights. Yeah, Sammy, he's in the right to do whatever he likes, and I don't care. I, I, I'm not I'm not interested in watching Sandal fight. Uh, he, you know, if he fights people that are worth watching, sure, but I'm not going to watch Sandal fight. You sound like you're so Christmas Grinchy. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care anymore. Well, what he can it? do what he likes. He's in the right. It's just that Sandal as a fighter has never done it for me. It's all part of the, part of the hype and part of the SPW trend, and great. And he 
is an incredible talent, but you know, I'm I'm not excited or um, or upset or anything. This is I'm, what I'm living this is what living in the Bay of Plenty has done to you, right? This is what living in the Bay of Plenty has done to you. Do you have a walking frame yet? Because it's so relaxed over there. Do you need your walker? Hey, I take umbrage to that. I've got one of those uh, concealed uh, plastic dome buggies I drive everywhere on the footpath and run over teenagers. Mate, I can see that. And I'll tell you one thing, your wife would be putting mags on it. Stay there, boys. I'll be back with you shortly. <laughs> big talk, big opinions, the panel. Yeah. 10.32 in the case of Sam Ackerman, big mouth after that burn. Come on, Sammy, don't <laughs> give me that, eh? Oh, you are you are in dead set. I'm talking to your wife to ch- change, up on, with you. change up on the whipping. I'm, I'm getting abuse for agreeing with you. I don't understand, Stephen. You, I, I'm backing you up. I'm, 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 just hold, I'm just holding off on you for a moment because I'm going to talk to James who sounded very sulky this morning when I introduced him because his team are, are, are struggling in the Ashes second test. Uh, are they toast already? 2.21 for two. Uh, Aussie on the end of day one's play? Uh, yeah, it's definitely looking like that, isn't it? I mean, Come on, smile, mate, smile. Lift the right. energy, lift the no, energy. No, no, I mean, they've only got themselves playing three. They've dropped Labuschagne twice, I think, and yep. you just can't miss those kinds of opportunities. Why they didn't play Mark Wood, I don't know. Apparently, he was bowling full pelt, and then that's for a good part of the day as well. So the Ashes is on the line, and, and they didn't really didn't really put up much of a fight when they should have. They should have taken their opportunities, and they should have been a lot better as well. Their length were all over the place. Stuart Broad looked really prompt early on, but no one really was able to back him up, which was really disappointing. There was a lot of obvious, uh whether it was warranted or not, going into that day, so yeah, it, it's probably done. As an, English, as an Englishman, does this hurt you? Actually, you know, as a follower of the English cricket team, does it actually hurt you? Yeah, absolutely, because everything, regardless of where you play or who you play, it all comes down to the Ashes, and especially in Australia as well. I think if you're Joe Root, he's, he's admitted before that, you know, the Ashes in Australia could define his captaincy when you look back on his career so to not really put up much of a fight as well I know there's, there's a long you know a long way to go in this one still but they've got to come up with something quick otherwise yeah that's how it's to say Sam the one thing about this any Australian team if they get if, if they get you in the head you're gone aren't you and particularly when the Ashes is such an emotional series absolutely I actually thought that the uh, the Pat Cummins situation could have backfired on Australia a little bit and Steve Smith um, being made captain could be a, uh, a massively unwanted distraction, but unfortunately England weren't good enough on the day to come to the party. I mean, they, they had the opportunity to take a team that would have been a little bit rattled, uh, and uh, all the names are there on paper, right, of this England side. I mean, you, you look you look at the team and you go, oh, you know, these guys are all world-class on their day. Well, I don't know if they know which day it is, let alone it being their day at the moment with the performances they're, they're putting out. It's not This is not the level that we had anticipated coming into an Ashes series, because the thing I love about the, the series is being you know, having, I don't know, the horse in the race with it at all is that you kind of enter and go well it's in Australia so Australia should win but you know England have proven they can take the challenge before same thing when it's up the other part of the world but this has been uh, unfortunately heavily lopsided not a um, not a joy to watch so far and it's not a joy to watch Australia win comfortably that's for sure so yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a long road back uh, and I'd like to think, uh, think that they've uh, got their uh, quality batting lineup that's thinking right well we're going to dig in here this is a chance for us to show our stickability um, the fact we can uh, hold our nerve and we can make take this out to an opportunity to go for a draw. That's, that's honestly, I know, I know it's that one day down, it's only a couple of hundred runs, but the mentality has to be uh, making sure that they show some backbone rather 
than uh, being super aggressive from here on in. Here, here, old chap. Here, here. Uh, nominations, the early nominations are out for the Halleberg Awards, the 59th edition, James, Sportsman of the Year. There is a huge amount of talent in this, but for me, I'm going to tell you who I favour. Uh, I show huge bias with Shane Van Gisbergen winning the his second Supercars Championship, but I've got a real soft spot for Paul Cole after the squash player won the British Open, which is their, which is their Wimbledon, right? Yeah, I think every time Paul Cole has a good show, everyone gets behind him, which is great, but he still doesn't seem to maybe get the credit he deserves. About time then, right? Sense. Absolutely, yeah, and what, what better year, because there's not really a, a huge standout uh, for Fort Man of the Year. We've been talking about this quite a bit recently in, in, the, in the newsroom, and everyone's done pretty well, but no one's really dominated uh, their field in the way that we've seen in the past. So, yeah, maybe Paul Cole is a really good shout. There's, there's Chris Wood in there as well, who I don't think he'll get it, but he certainly, every year, he, he, he performs consistently. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's tough because it's not a huge standout. Yeah, I, I, well, you, well, you talk consistency. I could go back to Shane Van Gisbergen, who was totally dominant uh, this year. I mean, you know what it's like, and I am a cynic when it comes to the Halberg Awards. It's an Olympic year, so maybe a bronze medal to Dylan Schmidt in gymnastics, which came out of the blue and was a really, it was a, uh, a trampoline, excuse me. But they, I'm just reading off their press release. Okay, John, uh, tr- trampoline. Uh, what about what about you, Sammy? Who do you, who do you like? First of all, it's, it's a great field of achievement. But to me, uh, as listen, I've, I've been, I was a judge for a few years, and the, the criteria is a very um, a kind of strict and straightforward one and yeah. I, 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 I love the achievements of Paul Cole I don't think the achievements of Paul Cole puts him into the um, the realm of winning now what we should and that's down to the pinnacle event and while the yeah. uh, the victory was a huge one it is not the pinnacle event whereas a lot of these well hang on hang Olympians, on hang on no 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 no. the British Open is revered more highly in squash than the world champs that doesn't make it the pinnacle event though it is it, it, you're talking about the the emotive side about no no it. not at like Not that. at all. All all squash players want to win the British Open. They don't care about the World Championship. I, 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 I'm, I'm not disagreeing that that's the case. I'm telling you, you, I'm telling you from the judging criteria, the pinnacle event for squash yeah, okay. will be listed as the World Championship. Yawn, yawn. Right? That's the problem. Well, so, well, whether you like or, or loathe the, the Albergs, <laughs> yep. the fact is that yep. the judges, you know, <laughs> then the, prob- the problems come when the judges do vote in the way that a human would vote with the entire that then yeah. becomes an uneven situation for those voting with different sets of criteria. Anyway, that's boring. I want to talk to the fact, about the fact that this is actually a two-year cycle, right? This isn't just the achievements in the year 2021. It's also the year 2020 because of the, the COVID dramas. So I'm really interested in Scott McLaughlin versus Shane Van Gisbergen because technically, aren't they both up for the same thing? They are. They are. The, so so as, a, um, as, a, as very few people I'd, I'd ever put above you for this conversation, Stephen, so <laughs> how do you split that? What, what, make, what oh, makes Shane yeah. Van Gisbergen ahead of Scott McLaughlin because Scott Scotty Rack did what there was three three on the trot three on the trot uh, yeah. and that would have included would that have included the Bathurst one yep yes, it would have it included would have. the Bathurst so one would, that, that, that year as well does that, does that not put him above Shane uh, I don't know it's a tough one look uh, that's that's yeah. why that's why I have a, that's why I have an issue with these anyway let's let's just move on because we'll argue uh, Sportswoman of the Year who do you like James it's a pretty heavy field for me there's only frankly there is only one standout isn't there yeah we could debate all day about Paul Fan, but I think the debate would be pretty short on Ford's woman. It's got to be Lisa Carrington, doesn't it? And there's not really much else you can say. The only of New Zealand Olympians and, and everything that comes with that, and an incredible person as well. So, yeah. Which I which I, I struggle with, right? Because you talk about, and then you said it's an Olympic 
event, and, and Sam talked about peak event. But and again, I, I, I'm not showing any bias, but you look at Courtney Duncan, right? Back-to-back world champion, right? That's a tough feel. Then you've got Sarah Herini, who has just picked up the, the major gongs, three gongs at the, the Rugby Awards, Sam. I mean, f- wow, you know? No, absolutely. And you talk about the, the achievements of um, Zoe Zdowski's Senate. I mean, um, she's been phenomenal in this early stage of her career. And Emma Twig being a gold medal yeah. uh, medalist at the Olympics. Is like, I've just said it, and I'm not a rowing guy at all. And the hairs on the back of my neck have gone up because yeah. of, what she's gone through to achieve that is unbelievable. It's an amazing story for New Zealand. And, but and hey, but you've just told me emotion doesn't matter, Sam. Emotion doesn't and, matter. Absolutely. So there, there are so there are so many amazing stories that if you said these person being crowned sportswoman in the world uh, of the year, you wouldn't you wouldn't argue. But it has to be Lisa Carrington. There is no anyone who says that someone else will beat her will be as um, as, as fishing in the wrong lake. And uh, have you seen the Instagram photo of her with the five gold medals as the decorations yeah, on, on the Christmas tree? Pretty cool. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. No. So she is. Uh, She's a one of a kind, of course. She's from the Bay of Plenty, so um, represent. Oh, please. Okay. <laughs> hey, so is Jimmy Regan. Jimmy Regan grew up in Taronga. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're you're well outnumbered yeah. here. All righty. I used to I yeah. used to holler that Mount Monganui. Does that count? <laughs> yeah, I'm living down here. I am plastic Bay of Plenty, but don't worry, I'll, I'll wear the bra- <laughs> badge very um, very proudly. All righty. Final thoughts, boys. Team of the year. Oh, this it's an interesting one. Uh, what do you do? Gosh, uh, Burling and Tuke and Sailing. Uh, Emirates team New Zealand win the America's Cup the Black Ferns Sevens oh well oh there you go there's your winners just there oh hang on all the Black Caps right what do you think James yeah this is probably the most interesting one for mine because uh, there's so many teams that have done incredibly well at the Panical event for me probably has to be the Black Caps uh, and I don't know why I could tell you outright why but there's just a feeling about it that the way they overcome everything they did with, and bearing my COVID and everything as well on India, yeah, it had to be Black Caps. Uh, the men's eight is, is pretty up there as well. That was, as Dan mm. said, a, a pretty emotional race, definitely, and, and you kind of get goosebumps just thinking about it now. But I think the Black Caps might just edge it for mine. Yeah, but the history attached to that one, as Hamish Bond told us 30 minutes ago, uh, was incredible. And that's one of the reasons he did, because he was always being asked, when are you going to do the eight? When are you going to do the eight? And he took that as motivation to, to do it. Okay, quickly, Sam, uh, who's your team of the year? Uh, I would go with the Black Caps as a person. Um, thought, um, but I think that the men's eight, uh, the history factor, and given that we're not talking about members of the public voting for this role, it's um, a lot of uh, people on the panel will be uh, sports media, and that has been a um, something that the media have been clamouring for for uh, an awful long time, uh, But so I think the men's eight are a very good shout, and I would uh, never have any problem with that women's 17 winning any accolade that they've received, so uh, it's, uh, I'll lean towards the Black Caps, but geez, it's, it's, what a field, amazing field. It is. Alright lads, James, Happy Christmas, mate. Be safe. And Sammy, give my love to uh, Mercedes and uh, try to uh, put some mags on that uh, little uh, machine you've got that you roll around with to replace your walker, OK? Well, mate, if you can, if you can handle the massive uh, snake-like cues getting out of uh, town, come down and see us, Stephen, and uh, hopefully you come down for the summer. Jimmy will catch up for a beer. <laughs> he doesn't want to, so he didn't even respond. He doesn't want to have a beer with you, yeah, Ackerman. I don't blame him. <laughs> Happy Christmas, boys. <laughs> Thanks very much. James Regan from TV3 and Sam Ackerman from his wife's company, Ackerman Content Creators and Tell me they're both good buggers.